In this episode of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series, there are adult themes and swear words. So please be careful. If you're listening to this in your car with your kids in the back seat, maybe listen to a different episode and come back to this one. Adult content is coming up. Where does the time go? When you take on a mini experiment to test your business ideas, the word mini doesn't really do it justice to the scale of the project. You need to think through the idea, create the marketing, work out the pricing, market, sell, whilst having a family and doing a full-time job. Where does the time go? Well, in this episode, we're going to be discussing where the time goes and how to get the most out of it. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to the show, Jamie. Hi, Alan. So last time we spoke, uh, well, we've, this is the third time, fourth time, fourth time we've fourth chatted time. now. We've come up with a plan for Kickstarter, and we're going to launch a product on Kickstarter, which was Mandy9. Just tell me, are we still there? Has anything changed? What's <laughs> happened? I'm always nervous at this point. Like, has anything changed in the last yeah. week? Whatever would you mean? Did I ever in any of our conversations flip-flop for even a second that would make you think that I would change my mind? <laughs> I think this is uh, eight years of working with entrepreneurs to start businesses. I have a lot of proof that they come in one day, you make a decision, and then they change the decision by the next day. And that's okay. Sometimes making a decision makes you go, actually, that's not what I want to do and forces you to do the other thing, which is okay. But there does become a point where you can't keep changing your mind. You just need to make one of them happen. Yes. And I agree. And um, I joke, you know, because I, I certainly <laughs> flip flop, you know, I mean, we talked to anyone who's listened to like the first, first one, um, you know, when I was talking about all the things that I've done in my life, all the creative things I've done. And, you know, it is important to drop a business or an idea if it's not working, but yes, a lot of things we don't even take there. Okay. So first of all, yes, just in case you were worried that all this preamble was to tell you that I changed. It is not. <laughs> it is not. In fact, so I was journaling this morning as I do every morning. And I kind of like had a realization because I really, as of the more I work on this project, the more I'm like, oh my God, do I want to put this out? Is this going to be dumb? Is the story dumb? Yeah. So because I'm doing something I'm not 100% sure about, it's kind of helping me align myself more with what I really want. And the reason is because I'm going through the whole process. And by doing that, I'm seeing where I can refine my style and my message and where I want to move creatively. Because as I'm doing this, I'm like, oh, am I going to become like a cyberpunk horror artist? Well, you know, I wouldn't have known if I hadn't tried. And then mm. if I had stayed in the zone of picking, I would have waited for the perfect project that completely defines me and my style. And I would never have moved forward on anything. And because I just picked, even if it's wrong and it attracts the wrong audience, let's say I go through this whole Kickstarter and I have like, you know, misogynistic men who are just super into this like sex robot story. And I'm like, fuck, that's not what I wanted at all. Now I know, or I will know so much more than I did before. And it's really not just about the process, but it's about where I want to go creatively. And then the last 
idea is that I think you just have to launch things sometimes. I was so scared to launch the wrong project because I thought it would define me as an artist. Uh, but no <laughs> one project actually defines you because that's impossible. Even in this world of branding and niching down, we're complex human beings. So you create, you learn, you move forward, you change, the project changes, and then you adjust for the next one. So all that to say, I'm sticking with this project, even if I don't feel super confident about it. I think that going through the whole thing with this girl, this character is what I have to do to be able to move on creatively in my life. I think you're exactly right. And just a couple of thoughts to build on what you said. You said you're not 100% sure about the project. Do you ever feel 100% sure and certain about anything before you started? No. No. <laughs> I'm not sure that exists. <laughs> no. Yes, yeah, you fair. just kind of have to go, I feel confident enough. I'm just going to rock it and see what happens. And I think once you've done that a few times, you start to feel more confident because you're going, well, actually... I've tested a few things and I've done okay. I'm more confident now in general, and I know a little bit of doubt is fine. I'm just going to plow on in. And you kind of get to experience that as you go. And the certainty about the project comes when you have a go, and you're exactly right. And actually, I spend so much time at courses saying to people, they come to me and say, Alan, will this sell? And I go, well, how will we know? Mm -hmm. uh, they come to me and say, I'm not sure this will work. And I say, how will we know? Uh, they come to me and say, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And they go, well, how will we know? And that's generally my response is the only real way to answer these questions is to have a go. And yeah. if it doesn't work, then we've learned something and we can get onto another version, a different thing. And yeah, I love that because you won't know if you'll get the right audience till you try it. You won't know if the project is the right thing until you try it. You won't know if it'll be a huge success until you try it. And I think we did the two mountain analogy on the last podcast episode. And I love this. You've chosen to run up one mountain. doesn't really matter which one. Let's run up it and see if it's the right one. So I think, great. We've got the plan. We know what we're doing. Now, for the Kickstarter campaign, I love a bit of structure, Jamie. I don't know about you, but I love structure. Oh, yeah. I love my lists. I love my, yes. my to-do lists. <laughs> so I think the key thing here is, number one, what are you going to sell? So the description of what exactly it is. Number two, who's the ideal target market, which we kind of covered a lot of last time. Yeah. Um, but I think there's some further refining we could do. Three, what's in it for them? So what do they get out of it? Because I know we had a chat last time about your worry that art doesn't actually fix any problems. And I got a little bit grumpy and said you were going to be entertaining people and that was worth a lot. No, actually, I think what you got grumpy about is when I said that business oh. owners don't have like an emotional connection to their business. If I remember correctly, that was the one where you snapped at me and I saw yes. this other side of Alan I had never seen before. Alan was standing up for all entrepreneurs of all types at that point. Yes. yes uh, and I was schooled and I felt I apologize for that. No, I think it's natural to go. And we've actually faced this. So every town we run a pop-up business school in, the people who hire us go, our town is different. Every single mm -hmm. one, I don't care where we go, they go, it's different here. It's different for our people. And what we find when we get there is it's generally not. Like starting a business, you have the same problems, you have the same issues, you have the same stuff. Like it doesn't really matter where you are in the world. There are some local laws, there's some cultural aspects but the overall, it's the same. So it's okay. I think for any business owner, any person, 
you're coming up with the same challenges and the people listening to this, the same issues that face you working out which art to choose Jamie and which project to launch on Kickstarter is exactly the same problem people face every day. It's the same problem I face when I'm looking at the podcast going, which episode do I record next? What's most valuable for people? Where do I put my energy? I had it this morning. I had, um, I'm working on a new introduction for season two, you know, the sound clip that comes at the start, mm-hmm. the intro to the podcast. And I've got three pieces of music and I'm going, which one do I choose? What do I do? I don't know anything about music. I'm not the most musical person in the world. And we all face exactly the same issues when we go through this. So I think, I think that's completely normal. So the structure, what are we going to sell? Who are we going to sell it to? What do they get out of it? And then how are we going to put that marketing message in front of them and get them to look at our offer? And that's the kind of key bet at the end is we need to get people to look at your offer and see what you're offering. And all we can really ask for is the opportunity to put the offer in front of the right people. Then it's up to them to say yes or no. Yes. Right. And hopefully yes. (laughs) <laughs> hopefully yes we we will do everything we can to influence that with our energy our words our promotion and our marketing but at the end of the day it's up to them to make the choice and we just need to position it in the right way and give them the opportunity to say yes so let's go through this what are we going to sell okay so I had mentioned to you that I really wanted to launch in January because there's this make 100 initiative on kickstarter for smaller projects yes. So I'm thinking about the offer, you know, right now, because Kickstarter has different levels. So, I mean, essentially it's a comic book. In the end, I said it was going to be like eight to 10 pages. It's going to be 14 pages now, but that's half of a, like that's half of a comic. So I think that's still small and doable. Cool. And the date, just for everyone listening, the date is the 6th of January. So we sort of have 25 days left of January, 2021, just so everyone knows where we are. Yeah. Yeah. And less. Uh, And so... During one of my walks, I thought to myself, you know what, Jamie, if you don't launch it in January, that's okay. Because I was really stressing myself out with this 100, make 100 project because they promote those projects and blah, blah, blah. But then I sort of like flipped out and was like, you still have to, even if I got all the Kickstarter stuff done, I still have to draw three pages in a cover, which is a lot. Plus I work full time. And as we've discussed, I exercise a lot and I just (laughs) don't want to give that up. Mental health, you know. So I started flipping out and I was like, well, what if like, honestly, I wouldn't be doing it at the end of February. It would be at the beginning of February. So if something happens and I can't do the make 100, I will be sad, but I have to kind of be realistic with myself that it might not happen because the thing is you don't just launch to Kickstarter on January 21st and it's automatically online. You have to give yourself leeway because it takes at least three days to approve it. And what if it's not approved? So you know, I would have to kind of have it ready for the last week of January, not like just the 31st. So like I'm working on pages now after work. Super. So I realized I had a short deadline and a lot to do, and I know I'm off topic at the moment. (laughs) Maybe we should come back to this, but I was putting into my Google calendar every task I have to do, putting it in there, putting a time for it. And after this weekend, I'll have put a lot of time into the, the drawing part and I'll see if it was realistic for me to make three pages and a cover in like two and a half weeks. So yeah, I do have to be a little gentler on myself. Like if I don't make it to the, before the end of the month, it's okay. But I definitely want it to be at the beginning of February because as we discussed, that is women in horror month. 
So all that to say, if I get it in January, the offer will be, I was thinking of just a make 100 of 100 comic books. The reason is make 100 project. You could do anything. Like I could do uh, as many comics as I want and have like a hundred special edition prints. I think you could do a hundred special edition prints and then the digital version for people that they can buy at a, a different price. I think there's so many things we can do and we'll come on to this, mm-hmm. which Kickstarter is very good at having the different levels for the Kickstarter plan. So there's like level one, as I'm a supporter, level two, I'll buy the digital, level two, I'll buy the digital and have the limited edition 101. Level three is I'll buy the limited edition 101 and it's signed by Jamie. And then level four is like one of the additional initial artworks in a frame with the thing. And we can do the different levels that we can sell to people. Yeah. And I had sort of thought about different levels. So what I'm saying is like, if I do just 100 comics, well, I've limited myself to 100 comics. So why don't I make it 100 prints? Well, I think I'm going to stick with the 100 printed comics. So I'll have unlimited digital comic, 100 printed comics. And the reason is I've been looking up prices of printing and shipping to the States, to Canada, to the, to uh, international. And I think for my first project, I mean, you know, it would be super sweet if like a thousand people bought my comic and I had a thousand comics to ship. That would be super awesome. But I've never done this before. And I think that that would be actually terrible. Even like I there's lots of things where you'll, they'll print and fulfill for you, blah, blah, blah. I think I can realistically get a hundred comics sent to my house or my apartment, you know, bring it up the staircase, package I them. I thought you said you went to the gym a lot. Yeah, I think exactly. you could probably lift 150. <laughs> Maybe, I'm kidding. yeah. Um, no, I mean, you're not kidding. It's true, yeah. <laughs> I think 100 Comics is a great place to start. I think it's a fantastic start with unlimited digital and a few other bits. I think this is a wonderful way to start and see how it goes. And 100 Comics you can do yourself. And then for version two, we can think about having outsourced delivery. And for version three, we can do different things. I think this is a fantastic place to start. Great. And I was thinking, okay, like maybe 50 or maybe even less of just, so level, usually level one is like a dollar. You just want to support me because I'm super awesome. Uh, level two, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> level two will be the digital, which is great. I do a lot of that, especially for like international ones. I'll, I buy a lot of digital comics. So I know people appreciate that. Then I would have, let's say 50 comics of just the comic. So whatever the price is, plus part of the shipping included and, and everything. I haven't figured out the price yet, but that would be one. The next level could be 25 comic books with a special edition print. And then the next level could be 25 comic books with a print and a hand-drawn sketch from me. So very small, not too big. People can support me at a higher level if they want. People can just get the comic book. I'm almost wondering if I should do less of just the comic book and have more of the print. But anyways, that's just like logistical stuff I could work out later. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking for the levels. I love that. That's great. And just one sort of thought to come back to on this. I love that you're thinking through all of the steps that you've got to do and putting them in your calendar. I just would offer one word of caution with that approach in that sometimes when you think too far ahead, it becomes overwhelming because there's too many things. And actually, all we need to do each day is focus on the next step. So the next step is this, and then we draw the next panel, or we do this, or we work out the levels, or we send off for a price. And it's always focusing on the next step. And that becomes far more achievable than listing everything out. So I think just 
balance how much you put in your Google Calendar and try not to plan all the way till March when they're all delivered and just focus <laughs> on getting it going. And then if we don't make the end of January, it's okay. We just see where we've got to and we always just focus on the next step. And I think that becomes more comfortable and avoids some of the overwhelm that can happen when you're doing a big project, such as a podcast or a Kickstarter campaign or something like that. Something like that. So I'm going to agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to agree and disagree with you. I do think that one should focus on the next step. What has happened is that my brain won't do that. My brain starts to think about everything and then I get super overwhelmed and then I don't do anything. So I sat down and listed things out. And when I saw realistically what I had to do, it calmed me down. It's like, oh, okay. Cool. And putting it in the calendar, I'm not being like so, 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 um, I don't know what the word would be, like everything's Stripped. so not strict. I'm not breaking it down like so incredibly that it's like, I will work on panel four of page five. I will, you know, I'm actually like, I'm going to work on pages, you know, drawing pages for two hours. Like that's in the calendar. And so Super. I know it's just like this, it's not, I will finish page five. Cause I know that's never going to happen. It's like, I will, I will work on this for this amount of time. I have made very small goals, but if I didn't do that, if I didn't put in the calendar, I know that like every other project in my life, time would just slip by and then the project <laughs> would never be done. And I would wonder why I suddenly reached 40 without having finished more than one comic in my life. And I'm turning 40 this year. So we're not letting that happen. I'm finishing this fucking comic. <laughs> I love that. Okay, cool. So we've got, what are you going to sell? There is a little bit here on pricing. Have you thought through pricing of the levels? Yeah. So I don't have like clear numbers to give you right now, but I have been researching because one thing you kind of want to do is sneak a bit of the shipping into the price. Like if I did all the shipping in a lot of Americans shipping within the States is really cheap. I don't know what they got going on down there. Although apparently the United States Postal Service is going out of business. I don't know. It's very strange down there. But apparently, so because tons of Kickstarters happen in the States and tons of people buy comics in the States, they are able to offer free shipping quite a lot. Um, okay. So I'm a Canadian. So I will be shipping from Canada to the USA. Now, I did find this one super cool company where they will take your packages, then they drive over to the States and they ship them out. And there's a place in Montreal where I can bring my comics and drop them off. And since I'm only doing 100, just put them on my shoulder, walk on down, drop them off. Sounds perfect. Yeah, so that's good. And so for them, the shipping is about $9, I think, for a comic to the States, which is pretty good. Uh, so, but it's expensive. It's, it's like, uh, so if it, let's just say it costs $5 to print this comic, I would make the price of the comic maybe $8 and then shipping, you know, would be only five, just something so that people don't see that the shipping is so high. But again, yes. sorry, I'm just throwing out numbers to you randomly right now. Cause I did see like printing. I found a place to print 14 page comic with cover in Canada, full color, 100 of them would be $270. I think that's shipping included and that's Canadian. So American, that's like five dollars no our, our dollars are not so bad <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it, but it's definitely less yeah and then i would say probably shipping with just to round up let's say shipping within canada is ten dollars shipping to usa 15 and shipping to international 20 so that's just like the general rounding up now when you have like your kickstarter goal the shipping is not part of that like you, you make your funding goal and then the shipping will be separate 
So it's it's not like I have to say, oh my God, I have to add $10 to everything. So that's kind of the general estimate of uh, prices. And there's things like shipping packaging. So I need like very hard mailers. I need comic plastic bags and backings. I need backings mm-hmm. for like the prints, you know, so I haven't run all the numbers on this yet. I have that like in front of me, but I, but I haven't sort of sat down and made my like Excel sheet because again, this is like, oh my God, it's too hot. It's too much. It's too expensive. I'll never do it. So <laughs> I'm trying to like, just relax, draw the comic and then worry a bit about the numbers a little later. So that's where I am with like the price. We talked about this before. I'm not going to be quitting my job to do this Kickstarter. Like I'm trying to not lose money. That's the key. I would like to. um, Well, let's aim to make money. Let's aim to make some money because I think the danger is if you aim to break even, you'll lose. If you aim to make some money, you might break even. Because everything always costs more than you expect it will. And I think that's a general rule for anyone thinking of doing a Kickstarter. There'll always be something you forget. There'll always be something that comes in more expensively. Building in an error margin, a profitability that can allow you to have safety is so important. Yeah. And if I can buy a coffee after, super cool. Maybe two coffees and hopefully it'll build your list and build your brand. And it's a test. It's the first experiment. And I love this. Cool. Yeah, which is another reason why I'd like to get it out in January, right? Because I just don't want to hold on to this project anymore. I want to get it out, make the mistakes, get all my fears out, realize, hey, it's not a big freaking deal, and then move on to the next one. I love that. Will you, for our next call about this, will you send me the spreadsheet so that we can go through the numbers together? Ooh, yes, I definitely will. I love a good numbers. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're working on price. We've got levels. We've got what you're going to sell. I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'm feeling very good about that. Good, good. Yeah. I'm feeling much better this week. I got to say, like last time we talked, I was like, oh, Alan, please help. I am sad. (laughs) Um, And and, then you did help. And um, I think it helped. Like I journal every morning and I was doing this thing this morning. It's like a year review. And it's like a very specific one in case people are like, which one is it? It's called the year compass. And you kind of go over your last year and the things that you did. And, And I was doing that this morning. I was like, man, yeah. I had a really good creative year. I learned resilience. I, you know, so I was going through all the things that I learned from COVID. So right now I'm feeling like very resilient, very like able to move forward. So yeah, like just in general today is way better than last week. Yes, I can hear. And we've made much more progress because I think last week we were speaking about, should we actually do this? This week we've gone, yes, we are going to do this. And we've gone straight into what we're selling, um, which is fantastic. So just for me, because actually one of the keys to any sales project is the clarity of which you can define the audience you want to sell to. If you can't clearly define the marketplace, how are you ever going to reach them? So just for us, who are you going to sell to? So uh, we had talked about like readers of Heavy Metal Magazine last time. And uh, I did start doing what you said. I went through their fans and I started looking through. And then I realized, yeah, that's definitely like, for the and that's why I was worried. Like, should I do this project? Um, is this who I am? Because this project totally fits with like the heavy metal. I could actually see this in like an issue of Heavy Metal magazine. Yes. Um, but like, I myself am, you know, a woman in horror, like a woman who's creating horror content. And even this story, like, it has a horror part to it. At the end, you'll have to read it to find out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I also, I think I mentioned last time that February is. Women in Horror Month. And I got a lot of followers during that month because I was uh, using the hashtag and posting art for each day that went with certain themes. So 
I'm kind of starting to realize like, even though like, well, I think women who like horror also like heavy metal magazine, like, because mm. a lot of the heavy metal stories are action and horror and fantasy, but there's a lot of like blood and sex. And I think that they would like it. So I've, I've been already like before this project engaging with women in horror social media accounts. And now I realize like, I'm going to push that even more. So I'm thinking of like, there's horror movie reviewers, bloggers, writers, even like short film directors. And then I was like, oh my God, I listen to tons of horror podcasts. And I've been geeking out with some of the, the hosts on episodes about movies. So I'm like, I just just be doing that more. <laughs> like, you know, just like talking about horror movies with people, with women, especially. And there is such a like real community of women in horror because you know, in the past, like women were not seen as horror fans. So we we really connect with each other when we find other women who like the same weirdo horror stuff that we like. So I, <laughs> I <laughs> so I'm really engaging, like not that I wasn't before, but I find it's like, it's even easier now to engage with that community. So that's how I'm sort of connecting the people. Now there's the promotion part. So that's like, that's my, my who, who's my audience? It's women who love horror movies and like, heavy metal comic books. So, and like, I keep saying heavy metal, people who've never heard of this are going to be like the music. And it's like, no, although the 1981 movie does have tons of great heavy metal music and you should go watch it. Uh, but no, it's not a music magazine. Maybe they should have branded it differently. <laughs> I don't know. So I think that gives us fabulous list. That's a fabulous yes. list. And that's all we can ask for is a list that when we go to Twitter, Instagram, Google, we can search for it and find people to talk to about what we're doing. That's all we can ask. And then the process, when we actually launch and start marketing, we're going to be talking to these people, telling them about it, showing them what we're doing, growing the following, and putting the Kickstarter in front of them. And at that stage, it's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. It's how many people can we get to look at your Kickstarter page and be interested in your comic? Yeah. So I definitely, like my, my main goal is outreach in this, this uh, whole project and to connect with those people. Cause I really do want to connect with the female horror community. I have so many horror comics I want to create. I would love to direct a horror movie one day based on one of the comics. <laughs> that's like a long-term dream. So that's like definitely the community I want to, to engage with for this first Kickstarter. Another marketing tactic that I'm doing is I'm going to reach out to humans that I know in real life. So uh, I know. So I'm going to literally write a personal note, email, social media, you know, however I know them, however we connect to everybody I know in real life. People know that I draw. A lot of these people do already follow my art. And I'm just going to reach out and be like, hey, friend, <laughs> I'm launching a Kickstarter. You know, obviously, you know, it'll be more personalized to each person and it will take time. So I put that in my calendar of like, reach out to 10 people today, reach out to 10 people today. And just tell them, hey, I'm doing this Kickstarter. It's my first one. I'm super nervous about it. You know, the thing about Kickstarter is it's most important to get funding in the first few days. So, you know, I know that you like my art. If you like me and you want to support me, do you want to be on my mailing list so I can let you know when I launch it? And uh, even if you just want to do a dollar, even if you just want to do the $5 digital, I would appreciate it so, so much. And so then I can get like those humans that love me already and support me to hopefully support my Kickstarter. And if they say no, it's okay, no big deal. But, you know, maybe like 
who knows? Because one thing you want to do, apparently, is you want to get your first backer, like the first person who's like, yes, because a lot of Kickstarters actually have zero backers, which I find crazy. Like, you can get your mom to like freaking help you. There is a huge amount of Kickstarters that never get any backers, which is unbelievable. So if we can get your first two or three, I do have a suggestion for you, Jamie, if you're open to it. I am. I think you've actually got two things here. And asking your friends to be on your general mailing list is nice. I think you should have a separate mailing list for supporters for this campaign. So reach out to your friends, tell them what you're doing and say, look, I'd love you to back me on the campaign. That's cool. But actually what I really would like is your support sharing it when it's launched so I can get people to look at it. And to do that... I'll send you an email two days before the campaign launches with something to share on social media and say it's coming. And then on the day of the launch, I'll send you the link plus something to share on social media and you can tag me in it. And I would just love your support in getting my message out into the world, please. If you're up for that, please do this. Because what you want to avoid doing is selling to your friends They'll buy Mm -hmm. if they're interested because they'll know. What you want to do is sell through your friends. And you can actually have a team of people helping you to sell and promote who love what you do. And they will just love to support you because you put good energy out into the universe. So I would be having a separate thing and I would be doing it slightly differently. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. That's, I like that way better because yeah, if they like it, they're going to support it anyway, but I do want them to, to sort of share it. And I do know a lot of cool goth weirdo people like me who hopefully know other cool goth weirdo people and the cycle <laughs> continues just like glitter at a goth club just gets on everyone. Yes. So that's, I, I would call it a, a supporters group or it's like Yeah, it's the group of people, because if you just get them to join on the general mailing list, you're just selling directly to them. If you just ask them to be a supporter or a helper and you'll share it at these two dates, I think that would be a great way to do it. And then you can actually send them update emails throughout the campaign and say, you know, it'd be great if you could write to them two days afterwards and say, I've had my first five backers. Thank you so much. I don't know if I should have a whole new newsletter or just like a different segment, right? Like, cause I'm trying to get people on my artist newsletter. I have eight and two of them are me with different email addresses. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I had closed it for forever. So I'm reopening that up. I want to have like a lead magnet for that also for people who aren't like my friends in real life. And I was thinking of, as I work on the cover that I would offer the cover as like a free coloring page that people could download. So sort of like share that on social media and get people to sign up the newsletter. I mean, I don't know, like I know newsletters are like the thing, but I have so much trouble like getting people to sign up for it. So yeah. It's not the newsletter. That's the thing. It's the email addresses is the list. So the power is in the list because if you had a list of a thousand people you'd built up over the last two years that were interested in your artwork, when we launch this Kickstarter, we can send them an email and get a flurry of activity. And we're probably nearly there selling a hundred comics. But when we're starting from six email addresses, uh, we've got to do all the outreach and the marketing. So the idea is to build the mailing list. And Mm. I think what we need to do is build it through our promotion And through this Kickstarter campaign, and we just need to start from where we are and start now. And I would have, yes, a separate segment, or even it doesn't have to be a segment in the mailing list, like just have a list of 
these are my 10 friends who said they will help me promote the Mm -hmm. Kickstarter when it comes out. And I'm just going to email them all five days before, two days before and on launch day to tell them to promote it and share it and give them the content. And I'm just going to stay in touch with them. But it doesn't even need to be a separate list. It's like a list. Like you don't need to automate that. It's not a big thing. Like, and whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to contact them on Facebook and then suddenly send them an email. Like I'm going to, yeah, whatever way they prefer to be contacted, I'll just stick with that. All right, fair. So they don't need to be part of the list. It can just continue with the like, hey, you're my buddy. Want to help me out? Cool. Exactly. Exactly. And you can tell I'm from the nineties because I still like email, (laughs) but yes, however they want to be contacted, share the stuff you want to be shared out there and say, can you post this? Can you do this? And you can even write the post for them. Hey, my friend is launching a Kickstarter with a horror comic book and put the link and a nice picture and you can ask them to share those things. And if they're good friends, they will help you do it. So I think that's fantastic. And one of the things here is we basically need three, maybe four different marketing methods that you are going to use to promote the Kickstarter. And then we need to focus on those and drive our energy into them. So we've got one, which is the finding on social media. You've got the hashtags, you've got the accounts, you've got the the readers. Two is the friends who are going to help you support it, which I think is fantastic. Do you have any others in your head? Hmm. Okay. So like, for me, social media is like so big. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) it is quite big. So there's the reaching out, like, which is really on Twitter. And then on Instagram, I was thinking, well, because I'm drawing every day, I'm now starting to post every day. I even thought of some things because I was talking about like Instagram stories and looking up Instagram reels. And I'm like, what do I do to do these? Because I'm a digital artist. Because with reels, they're all big and everyone's supposed to be doing reels now. But you can't use a video saved from your phone, I don't think. So I was like, oh, well, I noticed a lot of digital artists will actually just use their phone and show them drawing on their tablet. So I'm doing that. Cool. And then I thought, well, maybe it's time now to start sort of showing my face and talking about my art. So I'm starting to post just me talking about the art. I'm thinking I can talk about uh, why I like this character, even the struggles I'm having, you know, why I'm doing this, like just like little quick things, you know, like on people's stories. So it doesn't clog up their feed, but it keeps me in the top of their Instagram with the little stories uh, icon. Yeah. So I'm just sort of trying to get more into like why I'm making art, why I'm doing this, because I want like to do that more. And so it's scary. I find putting my face online difficult, but it's uh, it's also fun to to talk about one's art. So th- I'm doing that. So there's like the reaching out strategy, I guess, and then the like me posting more on social media strategy. I don't know if that's the same strategy to you, though, if that counts as three. No, it's definitely two different strategies. I would say there is a distinction in marketing between what I would call passive marketing and active marketing. Mm -hmm. And passive marketing is I put my posts on Instagram and it's out there and now I'm waiting. (laughs) I'm kind of just waiting for people to come to me. That's passive marketing. I hand out my flyers and I wait for them. And passive marketing is great, but it should not make up all of your campaign. Active marketing is where you're going to someone and asking them to buy. So you're sending a, like you can use Twitter passively or actively. Passively is putting a post out. Actively is going to an individual engaging them. You can use Instagram passively and actively. You can put a post out or you can actually direct message certain people. What percentage do you think 
at Pop-Up Business School, do we talk about passive versus active when you're launching a project? How much passive versus active should you be doing? I bet you're doing more active. (laughs) (laughs) And when I first launched my business, uh, what do you think my focus was on? Do you think I did more passive or more active? Take a wild guess here. Go for active. No, I spent my whole time doing passive and then wondered why Ah. nothing happened. Like I've made all of these mistakes and I would work on my website and do a nice post on social media and think about my flyer design. And then I'd feel like I'd had a productive day, but nothing would happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So help me here because then what do you see for me as an artist running a Kickstarter? What is active marketing to you? Like, are you talking about like ads? Are you talking about like, like really like let's dig into it. I love that. Let's get nuts and bolts. So number one, the strategy you've just described of getting your friends to help promote it is active because we are actively going out to all of your friends, asking them to support and share the message and get it out there. So that is Mm -hmm. a very active thing you can do. That's not passive. That's not waiting for people to come to you. See, there's so many deserving artists, Jamie, and they sit there deserving. And it's great to be deserving, but if you, (laughs) you don't get what you deserve, you get what you ask for. And in marketing specifically, you've got to be actively out there asking for it. So we don't want to like just say to your friends, here's my new comic. What do you think? And they all go, yay. Well, yeah. So with friends, it's fine. Like I'm like, hey, we know each other. I'm going to ask you literally to help me. And then, uh, you know, that's cool. With strangers, though, it's very scary. Like I don't want to sound salesy. (gasps) I don't want to turn them off, you know? No, no, we definitely don't want to turn them off. Well, this is the bit we were speaking about last week, which is just reaching out and connecting with people to start with Mm -hmm. and talking to people. And it's quite interesting. So with Twitter or Instagram, you can have a bio that says about you and a link to your website. So at the beginning, when you launch your campaign, or even now, I would be changing my bio to say, I'm an artist, I do this, this, and this, and I'm just about to launch a Kickstarter campaign for my first ever horror comic book. It'll be called Mandy Nine. Watch out for more coming soon. And then as you outreach and you connect with people and you talk to them, you're actively going out and speaking to them. They will check out your bio, they will start to talk to you back, and they will engage you. And then when we actually launch, we can then start to actively go to them and say, we've talked a few times. I know what you like. I'd love to have your thoughts on when you kickstart a campaign. Here's the link. Let me know what you think. And you're actively marketing to the individuals and going out there, which is very different to just putting a post out and hoping that people will see it. One of the things I like to say in marketing is, Jamie, there is no hope. (laughs) Let's not hope that people come to us. Let's not hope that we're going to sell stuff. Let's take hope out of it and let's go and make it happen. So active is reaching out to the individuals. You spoke about the podcasts. Let's start making friends with those podcast owners. Tell them what you're doing and ask them if they mention it on the show. Let's say, what value can we bring to your show? Can I come on and talk about this film or that film or what are you doing? Let's engage with all these people and actively go out there and start making the contacts ready to launch. Does that make more of a a difference between active and passive for you? Does that make more of a sense of how to do it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Um, I'm also thinking about like my calendar and because reaching out to strangers does give me a little bit of anxiety. I'm online so that they can't (laughs) actually hurt me just with their words. I do have to schedule in 
like, okay, you're going to do this for 15 minutes today, because that's definitely the kind of thing that I will easily be like, I'll do it later, later, later. And then instead of like (laughs) connecting with people, I just looked at Instagram, you know, for a long time and uh, just enjoyed content instead of actually putting out content. So I think that is like an action step for me is to like schedule in the active marketing into my calendar in just very small 15 minute chunks so that I'm not like overwhelmed and then crying because you know I didn't do any and it's launch day and nobody knows about my fucking comic <laughs> yes we just need to start doing five to ten a day start reaching out sending a few messages chatting to people engaging and it's incredible what momentum that will build up as you do it it's incredible what momentum that will build up especially if we do it targeted as you've said you listed the horror movie reviewers you listed the short film directors the horror podcasts the women in horror hashtags, like getting engaged with the exact audience and connecting is the way to start building this. Then we've got a lovely list of people we can actually launch the thing to and start actively going out to and asking for help, chatting to and all that sort of stuff. And reaching out to strangers online is a little bit of an interesting one. (laughs) Have you ever had any good experiences reaching out to strangers online? Uh, Not just like, hey, you know, who are you? Like, let's connect. I mean, I've never just literally reached out to a stranger online. Hello. I mean, I guess. Should we do it now? No. You mean like (laughs) together? (laughs) Like call call someone (laughs) and just like bring them on. No, I wasn't thinking call someone. I was thinking get your phone out and let's message someone on Twitter that you've never met before right now. Oh yeah. I mean, yes, I've done that like constantly. I thought like, I don't know. I guess I was thinking of like, did I DM someone like that I've never met? Just I guess, yeah. Well, I, I've been doing that lately. So I'll follow someone. Uh, well, it's funny too, because um, anyone who's listened to episode one will know that I also draw porn. Um, and like that account has a lot of followers and I've connected with a lot of cam girls and sex workers. And I don't know, they're just super nice people. Like I, I guess a girl drawing <laughs> sexy stuff and, and then other girls and we, and I've just made a lot of friends. We support each other. I compliment them and, and share their stuff. And somehow I've made some cool, cool connections with people. And I even got interviewed on a podcast, you know, just because of chatting with people about art and sex work and all these things. So I don't know, I guess, yes, I guess I have. And I just need to bring that, like that persona, my like sexy yes. persona to my horror persona and like just be like it's cool these people are also just as fun as cam girls are and they'll also want to chat with you about fun things well you can also ask the friends from that account to help you and support you because there's kind of crossover with mandy nine and the artwork and the horror and Mm -hmm. all of those bits there's definite crossover so i would say you can use both and it's basically just going out and having fun and i don't care what product you're selling I don't care what service you're selling. It's connecting with real human beings, having fun and adding value to their lives. And you are a fun person with some great art and energy and people enjoy chatting to you. And that's all marketing really is, is we're getting the message out there. We're talking to people, we're engaging, we're getting people to know about it and visit the Kickstarter page. And if we can get enough people to visit the Kickstarter page who are interested in what you do, we're on our way to having a successful campaign. Yeah. Awesome. Well, time flies on these podcasts. Let's do a little summary of where we are and what you fancy doing next, because that's some of the biggest bits is what are we actually going to do about this talk? And let's come up with a plan ready for the next session. And actually, I'm really interested, Jamie. Let's keep doing these podcasts each week and let's go right the way through the launch 
of the Kickstarter together, and I'd love to support you all the way through. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Okay, perfect. I'm into it. I'm going to make this happen and I will not disappoint you. Hey, no pressure because I don't get disappointed. Like if we sell none, I will be incredibly happy that you had a go. I also will be happy that I had a go. (laughs) Absolutely no pressure for me. Like let's just get it out there. And I think let's just have fun along the way and do it together. And that's the most important thing. And if it doesn't work, we will learn and we'll have another go. And it's not very often that it's people's first project is the biggest success. Sometimes it's project three to five, sometimes it's later. (laughs) So I think let's just have fun, launch it, see what happens. And there is no pressure. The only way to disappoint me is by not doing anything and hiding away your artwork and not sharing it. Yeah, that would disappoint me too. (laughs) Cool. So what's the plan? What are we going to do based on the chat today? Okay, well, I'm going to reach out to all the humans that I know in real life, but actually speak to them online. And I will do the, can you help me instead of, do you want to support my Kickstarter method that we discussed? I will send you my Excel that I'm working on with the numbers so you can geek out on that. And maybe, perfect. yeah, and then I'm going to keep drawing and posting every day. So if you want to follow me on social media, although everyone will be listening to this after the Kickstarter. It's at <laughs> Miss Jamie Dillon, Jamie with a Y, J-A-Y-M-I-E, Dillon like Bob Dillon, at all the social medias. Awesome. <laughs> so you can find Jamie's social media accounts there, see what she's been creating and all of that sort of stuff, which I think is a fantastic thing to do. And hopefully by that stage, Jamie, you might be on your second comic or your third comic whilst people hear this. Uh, so it'd be really interesting. All you listeners, please check out Jamie's artwork. The Jamie Dillon one has the safe for everyone to consume bit, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, but there we go. All right, perfect. I'm super excited. Let's do this. Let's make a Kickstarter. Awesome. Thank you for listening to that episode. Here's the summary and the thoughts that I want to leave you with. And the most important thing I want to give you is that you can't get it all done at once. Business is a journey. You gradually do things, you improve, you work through them, and you do the best you can each week. And that is it. And actually, we all make mistakes. I made a mistake on the podcast today where I got two episodes mixed up and changed the descriptions and I caused extra work. And it's just part of the process. We do the best we can. We take action every day and we keep going. And the fascinating thing is that if you keep going, if you keep making progress each and every day, you will start to get there. The only real way to lose is to quit, is to give up. Like sometimes an idea doesn't work and you finish that, but you try something else and then you try something else. Maybe the business has changed and you try something else and you keep making progress. It's tough because you have to wear every hat in the business. You've got to do the finances. You've got to organize the things. You've got to do the production. You've got to do the marketing. You've got to organize the people. That takes a huge amount of energy and effort. But you just tackle one thing, you keep making progress and you keep going. So if you're listening to this and you're frustrated with where you've got to, you're wondering if you'll ever make it. I just want to say to you, keep taking action. Learn along the way. Try something new. Test. Have another go. Keep taking action and keep doing. If you're launching without debt, 
if the only thing you're risking is a bit of rejection, time and energy, keep trying. Because one of these days, something's going to click, something's going to work and success will start to roll your way. And then it's even more important to keep going. Because when that first moment of success comes and gives you energy, you roll with it. You keep going. You keep making those moves. And it is incredible where it will get you. Everyone thinks that people are overnight successes. They see them pop up on television or on a magazine cover and it says, overnight success, it's done this. But some of my favorite expressions are, behind every overnight success is 10 years of hard effort and failure. And you might not have reached that success yet. But if you keep doing the stuff, eventually, after years of trying, you too can become an overnight success. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.